episode 51. Hello. Rockrad and, excuse me, Megan. Not having breakfast for some rare reason. But no. drinking, is that a white person on the label in the Indian uh, portrait? You know, it's definitely not supposed to be, but um, it's one of those labels that needs to change. Line and Kugel. So we mentioned this earlier because when we were driving across North Dakota also, the shape of the state highways, which in Washington, naturally, is the outline of George Washington's head. Yeah. Sure. In Minnesota, I don't think we have anything special. You've got to. Missouri just has little shapes of Missouri, which, you know what? Well, so does Idaho. I think that's convenient. Let me look it up. Anyway, so... Uh, we were making comments of how inappropriate that was, and we're drinking beer with it on it. And I just realized it's not even an Indian, a native person, Indian. You know what? I've met a lot of people that go both ways. Uh, but it's a white chick. Well, they have European features. But, okay, so here's the deal. Yeah, right. I don't know how the label identifies. <laughs> Maybe we should have. Yeah, see? No, that's what it says. Wow, it's literally just a square. Yeah, they're super boring. Super boring versus highly offensive. Yeah. I mean, so we're drinking burrs, but they're really good. Oh, this is a creepy dark. Yeah, so, so a little bit of backstory. Um, in Washington, I could never find, like, the other, the other types of linen kugels. The only thing they sold was, they sold was their summer shandy and, like, their grapefruit shandy. From this brewery. From this brewery in Washington. What is it with grapefruit? I don't like the taste of the fruit. I don't like the taste of the fruit in beer. You like the berry vice, though. I do, but I don't understand why people try to flavor things with grapefruit. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of melons in general, but grapefruit just has like a weird taste and you can't Grapefruit take it. isn't a melon. No, I know, but I dislike them for the same reasons, which no. is that they have a, the taste is like almost thin. It's almost like you have to condense it down to become a strong fruit flavor, like grapes, or strawberries, or apples, oranges. To be fair, I will I will drink summer shandy, but it is not my favorite shandy. My favorite shandy of all time, <gasps> and we can probably get it now again. I haven't had it in Washington because they never had it, but it's called Curious Traveler. It's still Lion Kugels? No, it's a different beer brand. Oh, so it's just like a... A beer that you particularly like? Yes. I'm down for that. But it's called Curious Traveler. Anyway, so I'm celebrating the fact that I can have all my favorite lining kugels again. Like, we... Sounds like a day you say that name all the time, which is pretty funny. Well, I really like Honey Vice, and so you're enjoying the creamy dark. But I really enjoyed the Berry Weiss also. Vice, whatever. Yeah. Never the German... Ger How do you... I can't... Do a German accent. Ach. <laughs> it's I'm Lieber trying. Dry. Yeah, no. I don't know. I was going to try that. Is it's, it Vice? It, yes. Okay. Yeah. Like Volkswagen. I was thinking more like Miami Vice. <laughs> yeah. So the Berry Vice is good. Well, cheers to Thirsty Thursdays. Cheers to Thirsty Thursday. And as a reminder, drink responsibly. Yeah, and in your happy, well-lit living room, all of our dark furniture goes together, and we've strung powerful, they're not even Christmas lights, they're just powerful outdoor LED lights along the 
Is this crowning? The crown molding. Yeah, because um, people don't build houses with lights in the middle of the living room. I don't understand why. But we got around that. And he even, he even has a foot switch. Yeah. like What a great little space to enjoy a couple of beers. It's definitely like Minnesota outdoor patio white girl chic. With the... Are we, like, really drowning in our race shame right now? Yeah. We've made a lot of white girl jokes. <laughs> well, it's it's the, uh, you know, it's the the cute bulbs that people string from their pergolas. But you know what? It works great in our living room, so... Well, and where are we going to... We have two... We have three, but two conveniently placed outlets. And putting a lamp... Then you get all these heavy shadows. And maybe I just don't have a That's proper true. lamp. But when you put a really powerful lamp just in one corner, it's like turning our happy light on, you know? Like, to be fair, we tried to get a lamp. <sighs> we did. So there's this lamp, everybody. By the way, Miguel, did you notice the um, the universality of the not having lamps? Megan thinks so, too. So, I don't know if it's an American thing. Anyway, okay. So, we get a sot. It is an end table that has to be assembled, and it has 8,000 weird parts that all fit together in very strange ways, and there's this one screw that just won't complete its round, so it won't fix stuff. So, it's so much fun as an activity, and I'm being dead serious. It even has a little USB port, so you can plug in your end table and then charge your phone right next to it. It has a shelf at the bottom. It's super cute. Excuse me. Also, super budget. <laughs> Perfect for our new house. The lamp part doesn't work. It has a lamp growing out of the this end, this end table top. I have legitimately bought and tried three different light bulbs to get this thing to work. We need to talk to our little electrician friend. Pat, help oh. us, because maybe there's like a tally I'm pulled up. How many of you guys have bought something that seemed... So simple, so impossibly convenient that it could only come from a country where it is better to buy a new one than to simply, like, cock something. Welcome to America. It can't be just an American thing. Was the Aldoff, who wrote Brave New World? Uh, Aldous Huxley. Huxley. Oh, yeah, because the Huxley thing. Yeah. He was, I mean... He did not pull his punches with his critique of everything. Everything. I think he also fell into the classic trap of deifying everything that's not white. Yeah, he did. Because, I mean, we're all just the same people. Like, I know some of us have come from the age of colonization, but at the end of the day, like, <sighs> he paints a really bleak picture. Western society. Some things he hit on the head, but you don't lose your humanity because you enjoy convenience. I just reread. <laughs> so I have Brave New World. I read it for my. This was not a good class to start off college with. But chemistry? No. Ugh, chemistry. My introduction seminar in undergrad was Utopia and Dystopia. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna not say the thing about the dystopia just now, and I'm gonna listen to your answer to that self-imposed question. Right, so, um, it was taught by a philosophy prof, of course, because it had to be, um, who was a great professor, I, I'm not gonna, 
Now I have to say it. Yeah, I mean... There were rumors that there were inappropriate engagements with students. I... They are not confirmed. I don't know. Engagements with students. I think he's teaching in Michigan now. Where they're okay with teachers engaging with their students? I don't know. I don't... Anyway, he was a great... He was a good professor, though, and I enjoyed learning from him. Anyway... That's all to say that I have my copy of Brave New World, and in the process of packing, it, like, resurfaced, and so it was in my backpack or something, and so I read the first couple chapters of Brave New World again, and my gosh, I do not remember Oh yeah, all those details. How, how many sexual overtones there are? There are a lot of sexual and overtones. And there's a lot of weird shame attached to all the sexual overtones. Like, he totally divorces it from reproduction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which... Because it, 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 it is. And, like, the, everyone was freaking out about nuclear families when they were explained about, like, wow, people have parents, and this is how... This is where babies come from. Wait, what? what is... In his culture in that he has built in, like, the forward-worshipping years of our current president, or um, in our world? Because I don't think they're... You can't divorce them. No, in their world, yeah, reproduction is a lab-controlled. I know, but he, he references that constantly, right? But when he's ex- when someone is explaining nuclear families and like natural reproduction oh. to children, they are horrified. Oh yeah. Anyway, we digress. Um, that's basically what our conversations are. Actually, you're usually pretty good at like herding us into space. You know. Yeah. It's like watching Zen. It comes from uh, facilitating group therapy. <laughs> you have to corral it back. <laughs> um, hey, come over here. I've got this nice little good stay. <laughs> we're working on our space. The space is good. We were gallivanting around town, as we are tend to do. And we went to our favorite candy shop again, which we might have mentioned in a previous episode, but this is, I mean... It is a candy store. It is everything you ever wanted. Oh, you're so cute when you get excited about candy. Uh, oh, like, it is It is what you want in a candy store. It has... It's like a soda parlor. Legitimately, with booths. There's an attached soda parlor, yeah. And they just serve you sundaes. It and is. pizza. They serve pizza, too. What kind of pizza? Oh, that Probably kind of... Sven and... Sven and Ollie's. Ah! Oh, okay. Before we get to the candy shop, I want to talk about your comment this morning on dystopia, and I think all you said was, we really do live in a dystopia. I was just thinking about COVID and thinking about the current election and everything going on with that, and it just feels like this is something I would have read in, like, a dystopian novel. Yeah. Well, so my question about it is, did you say that because of the parallels to present day, or just because it in general feels really weird, because I made a comment based on the assumption that that just came out of blue, and we had just listened to a, a, a radio advertisement for, like, who was it? Somebody white. Biden! Right, alright. Um, and then you were just like, this is so dystopian. So I commented based on that. Before I explain my thoughts on the word dystopian to describe our current situation, why did you say that? Um, 
It doesn't have to be, like, the true and real answer. I'm just kind of curious as to whether or not it was because you were reading Huxley. No, it, well... I never... I never thought, and this is, this is absolutely partly to, I don't know what me, you're me to and, I know, me and my privilege are partly to blame for this. Oh my god, okay, okay, you are who you are, right. I don't, I'm, it's okay that you're white, I love okay, you no. anyway. No, what I'm saying is I never thought I would, I would be living in a country where there are so many Elements of fascism in play. Like. Well, does anybody really, like. Right. Mind the gap. But some of the, some of the situations that are happening with, you know, the, the forced sterilizations, like, they are, they are line for line elements of, of fascism and a fascist system. And I just did not think that I would be here living in these times with. With people in power who are okay with what's happening. And people yeah. who are not in power who are okay with the, what's happening. Yeah, Sherman Alexie was called. He puts this in his book. Thank you, Dustin, for that. Um, Sherman Alexie is from Spokane. Still. He is. And in his book, The Lone Ranger and Tonto and the, Lo the Lone Ranger Fistfight in Heaven, mm -hmm. he is like, yeah, my mother was totally sterilized several minutes after I was born because it was SOP, Standard Operating Procedure, that the doctors hand the woman in labor a slip and then they just lied about what was on it. And so she thought she was getting, like, giving them permission to give her stitches or something, and it was, like, an approval for sterilization. So they just tied her tubes. That was, like, normal way back when. And they were like, we don't do that anymore. He is one of, was, if he's still writing, or if he's not still writing, Whatever. One of the greatest American poets of all time. Mm. How many other Sherman Alexis? I guess that's getting all unfair and existential. But, like, that was government-issued yep. fascism. Oh, yeah. So it's been there, man! I know, I know it's but, been there, me. but... You know, creamy dark, I'm burping a lot, but it's really good, and I'm okay. I'm sorry if it's gross to anyone listening. Uh... Yeah, well, our mistreatment of indigenous folks. Uh, you're right. You're right. We've been we've been abusing folks for ever, and there's never been a period where we weren't doing that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. All right, we we might be a part of the creepy animal system, but I'm gonna need you to get off right, that train. Right, the people. In our position in previous whatever, you are not the actions of your ancestors. That's true. And I certainly probably, actually, you know what, I'm, I'm highly educated and still very broke, so I'm actually basically with all my ancestors. Yeah. Okay, so Megan says, this is very dystopian, was that it? This feels dystopian, yeah. And I totally want to talk about the ice cream parlor because it is the cutest thing ever. And now that we know they have pizza, I'm going to die of the diabetes. <laughs> um, I say something to the effect of, I don't think dystopian is a great word to use. And my whole reason for that is because what is happening now has been happening. It's just much, actually, 
I don't know how much of what's happening now yeah, we're actually the, aware of. Okay, but, but the things that happen in dystopian novels and dystopian literature... I know, but it's not dystopian now. It was always that way. Sure. The difference okay. is that there was a bigger insulator, and now, yeah, there's still, like, the insulator might be thin, but there's still, like, a huge void. It's like a vacuum, and all we can do is look up at the people who are really pulling the strings because they're, like, the cliff face where they are standing above it, first of all, is built on the blood, sweat, tears, and souls of everyone they've ever stepped on has risen them so far above that they're just looking around at everything. And they can see the real world, and the rest of us are on the different lower tiers because we don't really know what's going on. And then separating us is the gap that might be getting thinner for visibility. What? That was the dog. Oh. He adjusted himself and made a sound. Is getting thinner so we can see it, but it's not getting any more penetrable. Alright, so, so, so it's more fair to say the veil has been lifted. Yeah, the lids, they have fallen from our eyes. Okay. Well, it's not dystopian now. It always was. All right, fine. But does the dystopia, does that, is one of, that's not one of those things where if it's not dystopian at baseline, then it's dystopian. <laughs> if those circumstances of fashion, fascism are present at baseline during a government and during a nation's history... Is it considered dystopian when people figure it out? Or because it was always dystopian, is it just like that's how it is? I don't... I... Uh, I do not have the answer. And I don't know if there is a right answer to that question. In terms of whether or not dystopian is a appropriate adjective. Okay, so then the ice cream parlor? Yes. <laughs> Paint us with a word picture, my dear. Because I'm about to get some of that Snickers fudge that we picked up and just die. So, <laughs> this ice cream, this this candy shop takes up the whole bottom level of this really old building in Superior, Wisconsin. Which, if you don't know, is right across the river, a bridge, from where we live in Duluth, Minnesota. And so you roll up and the whole... All the walls of this candy shop, on the outside, mind you, are covered in this really weird, kind of surrealist mural of... Loompa Loompa-ish. Of, like, candy and ice cream. And I'm like, wow, I really want to meet the artist who they paid to paint this mural because it's excessive. Uh, but good, because that's what you want to have for a candy shop. And you walk inside, and the first thing you see is this wall of Jelly Belly dispensers, which I have a moral crisis about Jelly Belly because the owner is um, profoundly anti-LGBTQ+. <gasps> they would hate how many people make rainbows out of their jelly beans. Yeah. Anyway. Profoundly anti-LGBTQ+. So I find myself not buying Jelly Bellies very much, even though I absolutely love them. They're my favorite candy. And then, like, you have this fudge counter, which I've seen more varieties of fudge other places, this is true, but it looks so delicious and beautiful and homemade, and they very carefully craft all of it. And it's also, like, 20 feet from the giant glass surrounded candy kitchen they literally bring it out yes they're like here it just cooled and in the, and then in the in the so 
you have the, sh the fudge counter, right? And then you have this table full of popcorn balls of all different flavors that you could possibly dream of, like dill pickle and watermelon and like, like 50 different flippin' popcorn ball flavors. And like weird homemade, and I say weird because they're just, I don't know how you make homemade suckers, but they had a bunch of homemade suckers made of different kinds of- And mochi candy. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure that's good too. And so then behind you, there's the checkout counter, and then they have another display case where there's all like the homemade chocolates and like the white chocolate things, and you've got haystacks and turtles and and something called creams. That's just like truffles. Actually, truffle has to be a certain they're kind way of way different than truffles. Well, but they're like the standard kind of candy. Most people, when they think they're eating a truffle, they're really eating a cream because it's just candy covered in chocolate. It happens to be kind of gooey. Anyway, so then you have all of that, and then... Oh, and like turtles and every kind of thing. Yeah. There's all... If, if there is a nut, there is probably a turtle of that nut with some kind of combination of fancy, modified, salted, freaking chocolate. I don't know. So then you walk down, and there's this massive counter in front of the giant, like, candy-making kitchen window. And that is lined with saltwater taffy. And saltwater taffy of all various kinds. And then you... Also homemade. Yeah. And then you transition to this other room that is every type of, like, nostalgic candy you can think of. And then there's this center table where there's every type of gummy you can think of where you can buy things by the pound or 20 pound, whatever floats your boat. And then there's just wall-to-wall... Candy and things, like, they have everything vintage, and I don't know, it's just super cool. And they have, like, the traditional, like, candy jars, and, like, it's a little pile of black licorice type thing where you and can scoop them up. Yeah, they have the, the big aluminum scoops mm -hmm. with the little bags. Oh, excuse me, we're in Duluth. The little bags. I gotta get, I gotta get in my rough and, and fix my rough. <laughs> That's an exaggeration. It's rough. Like woof, but roof. Oh, do I have to do the finger thing? Like, no. Roof? Uh, anyway. And then they have this, like, double fridge with all sorts of, um, local crafted, like, soda pop and, like, nostalgic soda pop. And then there's this glorious, like, old school soda fountain. And then there's booths on the other side with, like handmade wooden games like I saw a legitimate handmade checkerboard and uh yeah no it's just red striped booth 1950s glass mirrored back of a giant ice cream bar with slushies and candy and ice cream and mugs and Bowls and cups and weird Sunday dessert things with those extra long spoons. Anything you could think of. I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> yes, we're gonna have to go on a date there somewhere. I mean, they had to close down, like, so many shops for, like, two weeks or something. I don't know what the laws were like in Wisconsin, but it was magical. And so we got the Snickers. Oh, okay, final thoughts because we're running out of time here. Let's talk about the fudge. And how it is, first of all, an art and science, and second of all, my favorite kind of fudge is the Snickers fudge. Because who wouldn't love that? 
I just love fudge. Um, <laughs> and we got on this fudge topic because uh, we made a bet, and I won the bet, and the prize for the bet was fudge. And so uh, we had to go get fudge. And like I said, they just have so many wonderful creations. I feel um, like having lost this bet, I should inform the world that Megan was right when she told me the difference between translucent and transparent was exactly the opposite of what I was told by a fellow rock hound. Which, you know what, I bought it hook, line, and sinker, so I can't even say, it's because I listened to someone, no, 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 no. I blindly accepted this as fact, and therefore was wrong, and thus I bought Megan Fudge. And, and we, it was good. <laughs> we got this, like, soft praline kind, and a Snickers kind, and, of course, a just peanut butter chocolate kind. Ugh. But you, your favorite is the Snickers. Yes. And I have big feelings as to why, because have you met me? <laughs> the, why does it taste like an actual Snickers? It does not have nougat in it. You can tell it doesn't have nougat in it. It just looks like chocolate, caramel, and peanuts, which is great. There are a lot of candies like that. But they managed to make it taste like a Snickers bar. And I'm sitting there breaking it down in my mind. Okay, you get really high quality caramel. You make your own caramel. You've got that copper bowl that you never can fully clean because you never get all the caramel. It's just permanently like that. And you just use it to make caramel with your creamer and your sugars. Okay. Good, high-quality caramel. Rad. You get peanuts of whatever quality. The ones that go in the candy bars, I'm sure, are terrible quality. But you get peanuts, you roast them so that they're, like, soft when you bite into it. Much more candy bar-like instead of having... You know, chopped nuts and fudge. Yeah. They're crunchy, which is nice. It adds a texture to the fudge. These do not add a texture to it. Okay. So they roast some nuts. They put them in there. Wonderful. Maybe they add some salt because you would not believe the amount of sugar and oddly salt that goes into those candy bars. <laughs> we used to have a display in middle school where they would fill they would fill the same snack size Ziploc bag with a creepy glue. It was I'm sure it was just Elmer's glue that they dyed like orange to symbolize fat. And then it was so many, so much volume, so much unit of volume for the amount of sugar in it. And then they just hung them up in the hallway. And oh. I was like, I love Snickers bars and I am totally gonna die. Because that giant lob of glue is now coating the inside of my heart. Um, so, you get a high quality caramel, you roast some good nuts, you mix them in there. But I think the texture of the fudge... The texture is different. It is different. I think there's some kind of gelatin in there from, like, marshmallows or something. Because you can totally put marshmallows in fudge, whatever, because it'll just emulsify. My mom does it all the time. That's just... I wasn't supposed to say that. My mom makes great fudge, and there are many secret ingredients and processes to it. Right. Well, marshmallows, if you if you mix them right and you don't over... Or if you undercook them, they'll be too hard. And you don't... If you overcook them, they'll burn. Yeah. But if you mix in marshmallows, they can get that nougaty texture and that extra gelatin-esque whatever flavor that is that makes marshmallows so delicious on their own. Plus, you add a little bit of vanilla, suddenly you've taken a traditional, powerfully chocolate flavor and created a texture and a flavor of nougat. Wonderful. There's also two layers of chocolate-colored fudge in this. There are thin layers, but there are two. So one of them must be this nougaty chocolate. The other thing, I would bet... Actually, you know what? I got into this because I made a bet, so I'm not going to bet. But... The chocolate must be a different chocolate recipe that they use. Mm. 
Because I eat my Snickers chocolate first, and then I, like, gnaw out the, uh, the caramel, and then I eat the nuts, and then I eat the nougat. It's a horrifying experience to watch. Well, the nougat is my favorite part of the Snickers. And I used to get so mad at people who would compare the filling for a Three Musketeers bar with the, with the nougat in a Snickers. They are absolutely different. They are different colors. The filling in a Three Musketeers is whipped chocolate. It is not a, it is not nougat. Okay. Fight me. I, please don't, I mean, you get, it's sure. I'm not, someone else fight you. I have strong feelings about it. I really love <laughs> that you have strong feelings about candy bars as well. The chocolate flavor of a Snickers bar. Maybe it's just Hershey's. I don't know. But it is distinct. And whatever it is, it tastes different than the traditional chocolate flavor that they use because we also got the peanut butter chocolate fudge mm -hmm. and the chocolate tastes different. So I think how they attained this, it totally is, it's just a large Snickers bar. It's got to be, I mean, it's, it's perfect. The takeaway point is that ingredients matter and there are small things that make something really great right well and it they have they have really captured the essence of a snicker bar in fudge form and they probably did it with other foods but we'll have to get back to you with more time because more time is up all right final thoughts go uh, support your local mom and pop businesses because I'm so grateful to have this candy shop still in reach of us. Yeah, and they're totally Swedish, I feel like, which have the reputation of the chocolating, the chocolatiers. Yeah. I only say that because their last name is Sweden. That's more Switzerland. Okay, whatever. Their last name is Sweden and they own a, a sweets shop. That's weird and creepy and very... Shout out to Sweden Sweets. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if they... Okay, all right. Local mom and, <laughs> local mom and shop. You finish. <laughs> uh, support small businesses. Support the mom and pop shops. Mom and pop shops. Okay. And message us with questions. We'll talk later. <laughs> all right, bye.